Welcome to another special edition of the Derek Diamond Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Diamond, and thank you to those who listened to last week's look back at the conversations I had with Gianni DiCenzo and Jesse Cove from the Cobra Kai series. And if you haven't, definitely go back and check out that really fun episode. As I mentioned last week, as a fan of Cobra Kai, it was a lot of fun getting to pick their brains about some of their favorite moments and experiences from working on set of that show. And hopefully, once Cobra Kai does return for its final season, I'll get the chance to maybe talk with Giant DiCenzo again, or who knows, maybe some other cast or crew members from Cobra Kai at some point in the future. But for this week, we're going to continue our look back at episodes of Feature Presentation with one of my favorite things to do on any podcast, a top five list. During the early days of Feature Presentation, Jason Robbins, Wally Phelps, and Joey Image joined me to list our top five movie sequels. And if you remember during the early days of that show, there were numerous segments that were all cut together to form one episode. The crazy thing with this segment is that it was big enough to be its own show. The list ran so long that I had to record the listener list separately because I had another commitment that I had to hop on uh, as soon as we finished the recording. But it was still a lot of fun to do. I mean, Jason, Wally, and Joey are three of my favorite people to talk to um, on podcast. And just in general, they're three of my favorite people that I talk to. So I hope you enjoy this look back at a really fun conversation between four friends about things that they're passionate about. So without further ado, here is the top five movie sequels lists with Jason, Wally, and Joey. So this may have been the toughest top five Hmm. list that I've ever had to do. And I've done top five lists from MCU movies, movies of the year, countless top fives I've done, but none might've been tougher than top five movie sequels. I thought in the spirit of the new screen movie coming out, why not do sequels? So I've got an awesome panel with me this week to discuss top five movie sequels. First up, we have my co-host on the nerd cave retro podcast and co-writer of the award-winning short film Monsters Anonymous, Mr. Jason Robbins. How are you, my friend? I am good. How are you? Fantastic. Fantastic. Also joining us, the other co-writer of Monsters Anonymous, award-winning comedy writer himself, Mr. Wally Phelps. How are you, sir? I am doing very well, thank you. Fantastic. And joining us, if you listen to Nerd Cave Retro, you hear him every year on our Halloween podcast, Former professional wrestler, Mr. Joey Image. How are you, sir? Hey, guys. How are you? Thanks for having me, man. Again. Absolutely. I've been looking forward to this conversation since we set it up. You know, a few, seems like a week ago, maybe a little bit more than that, we kind of talked about doing this. I've been, I know I've wanted to do this top five list for a while. and Dude, this I will... have not a sweat a, a top five list like I have this one, honestly. <laughs> My list changed. We're recording this on Sunday. It changed okay. twice today. <laughs> Yeah, that's, it's going. Mine's going to change as we speak. I'm just gonna say I'm I'm changing mine around right now. Live so, updates. I love it. I have a question at the top of the show. Okay. So are we including because we have talked about this before, like what constitutes a sequel? So if you're looking at an, at, a, at a movie, say a, a set a trilogy, do you consider those the the middle and the end to be sequels or part of a of one story? Do we consider those to be sequels? Because that's going to inform my number one. 
I consider them sequels. Okay. Okay, so that changes that changes things for me here. There's change number one. Yes. <laughs> as, as we go live on the show. So uh, what we're going to do is we're going to just go around around the table, if you will. We're going to start with Jason. He's going to list his number five. Joey is going to list his five. Uh, Wally's going to say his number five, and then I'm going to end it with my number five. And go on until we're finished, and then we'll read the list that you, the viewers and listeners, sent on Facebook. I believe we got uh, 10 total lists that were submitted, so quite a few to to go through so jason and we're going to do the the honorable mentions afterwards yep right? yep we'll do afterwards okay. we'll do honorable mentions because i've got a lot of them i think i've got like six or seven honorable mentions yeah, I, got, I got like five <laughs> yeah, i got four myself all right so jason kick us off with your number five all right at my number five i have the dark knight uh the second in the the uh, christopher nolan bat trilogy and um quite possibly and and the way i look at these sequels the the sequels that i picked these are all movies that not necessarily had a weak first movie but had a great first movie but then the second one came out and was even better than the first and also elevated the first one to a, a higher status because of how good it was and i feel like the dark knight was that type of movie to where batman begins was a great movie but when you look at that trilogy as a whole the Dark Knight actually holds up the the first and the last movie even more because of how good that movie actually is. Yeah, I agree with all of that. I think when you look at modern sequels, the Dark Knight has set the standard for oh, all of them. Yeah, it's uh, it definitely like that. It's set a bar so high that it's very hard afterwards to <laughs> come up with a sequel that's as good for you know for a trilogy or you know whatever but it's just it's it's damn near a perfect comic book movie in my well, opinion I, it's one of the very few comic book movies to me that also transcends its genre yeah. you, know, you can look at it as a very good you know, crime espionage type film just with batman yeah and it stands up on its own its own as well like you don't even need to have seen Batman begins to appreciate the Dark Knight because, like you said, it transcends its uh, genre. Like it's a crime thriller. It's it's basically Heat with uh, you know uh, Batman as the lead. Like Batman's incidental in this movie. Like there's so much story happening in this movie that Batman is just kind of like an afterthought. Like a, like he's not even really the main focus of the movie. That's not a very good. Way to say that this is a great Batman movie. Well, that, I mean, you, it's really the Joker's movie, honestly. It is. I mean, it's the Joker's movie. He beats Batman in the movie. He wins. I mean, technically, you're right. But the Joker can never win. I can't do the Batman voice. I'm not even going to attempt to do it. <laughs> you uh, can't kill me. Yeah. We're destined to do this forever. Joey, what about you? What's your number five? Uh, I just put these in order now. I didn't. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> but my number five is Karate Kid Three. Ooh, Terry Silver, Ooh. baby. I love the third. I like the first one. I like the second one. I love the third one. The third one is like Terry Silver is my favorite heel bad guy in uh, in American cinema. I, I mean, I love that dude. I was so excited when they hmm. teased him at the end of Cobra Kai Three. 
uh, season three, and I was like speculating, like, holy crap, Terry Silver's going to show up, blah, blah, blah. And then people online were like, no, it's not going to be him. It's going to be that Mike Barnes guy. I'm like, no, don't ruin this for me. <laughs> and then, uh, spoiler alert, I mean, it's been out for three weeks now, so if you haven't seen it, I'm sorry, but the first person we see in the first frame is, well, we only see the back of him, but it's Terry Silver. I'm like, this is amazing. I love that guy. I love the fact, again, since I've been a he- uh, wrestling-wise, I've, I was a heel almost my entire career, minus one year. Um, seeing uh, Daniel LaRusso go from the biggest baby in the world, the baby face, to the biggest heel in the movie, right next, like Terry Silver's right-hand man for a while, and not know it, uh, like the mental manipulation aspect of that script was brilliant. Uh, I just, I love that. That's my favorite Karate Kid movie. Out of all the, well, out of all the movies that are not called the next Karate Kid. <laughs> of all the movies that I did not expect to end up on this list was a Karate Kid movie. Like, like Joey's <laughs> starting off with the Dark Horse, man. I love it. Hell yeah. I very much enjoy this. Yeah, I mean, Karate Kid 3 gets a lot of hate, but to me, Terry Silver carries that, that entire yes. movie. Like, I love his wacky like over the top evilness and they even do a great job of explaining it in Cobra Kai so I, I'm right yeah. there with you Joey like, I know we're yeah. both big Terry Silver fans yeah I was um, again I mean uh, sorry if this is a spoiler but they referenced ho- uh, Halloween I almost said Halloween 3 they referenced Karate Kid 3 in Cobra Kai <laughs> and I don't I didn't remember if they said this in the movie or not but in the series and he was when he was talking to John Kreese and he's like dude I was so coked up back then. I didn't know what was going on. And I was like, wow, like that, that kind of explains a lot of the movie now, but I don't remember if they actually said that in the movie or if they implied it or something. Somebody was implied. Yeah. Somebody tweeted to me and said, I think it was implied that that's what he was doing when he was in his pool before, like the phone, there's a scene where he's, he's in his jacuzzi and the phone rings. And and I forget who it was that I was talking to on Twitter about it, but it was like I feel like that was implied that he was like leaning over, do, blowing a line, a blow, doing a line of blow, and then the phone rings, and then they say it in the series, and I'm like, that's insane. Like I don't remember that, but um, but that was just that was a huge like when that when they said that when he said that in the series, I'm like, oh my god, that, uh, so much more stuff just is clear now. <laughs> it makes like, so much how, sense now, right? Like how did he suddenly he's just this big prick. And then it's like, okay, I get it. And he's screaming and yelling, like, like, like celebrating on the phone, but like at the top of his lungs, like, dude, relax. I get it. But like, yeah, he's standing in the sauna wearing yeah. nothing but a towel, and he's on the phone just screaming yeah. into yeah. it. Yeah. I'm like, relax. <laughs> bro. How they're going to screw over this kid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I was and you, men- start, you, you mentioned Halloween 3. You mentioned Halloween three. I didn't want to throw out there that I Halloween three is not on my list because a I consider it to be a standalone movie. Two, I don't want to have to defend myself on Twitter for two weeks. After this <laughs> drop, so. I I very much expected that to be on your list, and uh, I wish the uh, creators of it thought of it as a standalone movie as well. <laughs> Wally, what's your number five? Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Why did I not think of that? (laughs) (laughs) Like I said, this list list was so hard. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure was one of my favorite movies as a a 10-year-old. And when Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey came out, it seemed 
bigger and brighter and funnier. And it was, it had a lot of things in it that were to my interests, like them dying and coming back as ghosts and the whole seance where they were you know trying to scare everybody into doing what they need to be done and then i mean everything just was bonkers in that movie in such a delightful way and william sadler it joining the cast as death was one of the most brilliant performances in a comedy of all time i mean i still quote don't overlook my butt. <laughs> Reaping burns many calories. <laughs> it's it's just so much fun uh, to watch. And, you know, of course, it has Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter, who are both fantastically li- likable people in real life, as, uh, you know, even when you look at who they are as people. But then, you know, you turn down how smart they are and suddenly you have bill and ted and it's hilarious <laughs> and i love i love it I and love one it. of the greatest soundtracks of all time oh too. absolutely i still rock that soundtrack occasionally i have it on cd because you, it's not it's not streamable anywhere it's i mean not. you can stream the separate songs but a lot of From them are everybody's individual albums but yeah. it's like you have to build like somebody has a playlist that i listen to and it's it's a lot i love i love it you know it's got like primus's tommy the cat on there Mm -hmm. and that's the first time i ever heard of primus you know with them you know say baby do you want to let them meet and just like oh this is great (laughs) say baby you know it's i love that movie so much you know and occasionally i'll just pull out the uh random station yeah (laughs) but you know it has to be with certain company who i know have seen that movie (laughs) so we need to do a feature presentation special of top five movie soundtrack at some point that's okay i like that a lot and we need to we need to do we need to do nerd cave retro top five sequel video game sequels as well yeah that's a good idea that's a great idea i only know like three or four soundtracks so i'm linked to the uh legend of zelda 2 Link's uh, Link's Adventure of Link is not going to make that list. Anyway. <laughs> Bottom five, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had a feeling Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey would be on either Wally or Jason's list. So good, good to good to see it this <laughs> early. But uh, my number five is Rocky Two, And it's a movie that I have appreciated more as I've gotten older. Because mm-hmm. I remember watching the Rocky movies on VHS at my <sighs> grandparents' house. That's in my honorable I mentions. Yeah. I, what I like about it is that you know, Rocky achieved his goal at the end of the first movie where he went the distance with Apollo Creed. But you felt like you saw the next step in the growth of his character where he married Adrian and he you know, had a kid. So he was fighting for more than himself. So you became more invested in him as he trained for the rematch with Apollo. And I think the fight itself between Rocky and Apollo was better in this one than in the original. So I, I, it's my favorite Rocky movie. I feel like during the eighties, you know, Rocky two was sort of like the forgotten sequel. Cause by the time you got to three, of course you had the, you know, you had uh, Mr. T who was just a pop culture hurricane 
then right. you had Rocky Four, which you you know like even to this day is like you ask people what their favorite Rocky movie is, you know probably eight out of ten people are going to say Rocky Four. You know does, those movies does. were so huge, but now the farther the farther we get away from it, Rocky One and Two, you know Two is the better sequel, while Three and Four and especially Five just don't really age well at all. Uh, yeah, Five was just. Yeah, five. We don't. Bad. We don't. Five speak. is my Halloween three of the Rocky series. <laughs> we don't speak of. We don't speak I, of Rocky five in this. Rocky five. This What's that? <laughs> neither neither does Stallone. That's why he wanted to make another one. Yeah. Yeah. A few weeks back, I went back and watched all this, all of the Rocky movies, including Creed one and two, which are both I've never really seen good. either one of them. I haven't seen either of those. Yet. Yeah, Creed yeah. one is very good, is extremely good. Two is is okay. Um. But one is just, it's one of the best Rocky movies. If you put it in that universe, it's probably top three or four, in my opinion. I but I don't remember who it was, Wally. Maybe you could help me. There's a local comedian here who has a bit about uh, his car got broken into, and he had the, the Rocky, uh, the, the whole Rocky box set back in the 90s. I, and I can't they, remember who it is. They broke into his car. And they stole Rocky one through four and left five in the back seat. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I don't remember who it was, but that's one of my favorite bits. Like, it's so funny and true. <laughs> it's a true story, too. It's not a joke. It's an actual true story. Was it Crankus? I think it was. I'm going to have to ask him if that was him. Next time I see him. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what I was getting to was that after watching all of them, five is still just as bad as you remember. So I don't yeah. blame him for leaving it. <laughs> that reminds me of when I I actually let someone borrow the Star Wars holiday special. And oh, when God. they came to bring it back to me, I told them no thanks. <laughs> <laughs> it's yours now. Yeah. You have to pass it along like the ring. It's like a curse. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, what's your number four? Uh, my number four is going to be um, Evil Dead Two. My uh, talk oh, about so my a honorable movie, mentions. Talk about was, a movie that, that was my number one. So not necessarily. Uh, I wouldn't say it's it a sequel because well, you can still keep it as your number one. No, nope. technically, it's a <laughs> remake. Nope, it's a Live remake editing. of the first movie. Like the first 10, 20 minutes is a complete remake of the first movie, but just totally outshines the original and to you know like even just i don't know there's just something magical about that movie like it's the perfect balance of comedy and horror and sam raimi just like i think he was at his best during that movie would you say it's groovy it's groovy <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm it's on my honorable mentions but yeah evil dead 2 is just miles above the original and you hit the nail on the head it's the perfect blend of horror and comedy it's just a fun movie to sit down and watch and it's the movie that got me into horror movies like i did not right. like horror movies as a kid until i saw evil dead 2 and then that movie was the gateway drug to the horror fandom because own, yeah. <laughs> and know, i think like, a lot of that is the fact that originally whenever i would watch a horror movie i would be like well this is this is not for me but once i saw evil dead 2 i realized how uh how what's the word i'm looking for 
out there the whole genre is like you know oh so they're not being really serious about things this is supposed to be fun and then but without once, bruce campbell just being his most bruce campbelliest you know, <laughs> <it's> like, <laughs> if it was i mean it was just a total uh perfect storm of creativity between him Sam Raimi, uh, uh, Ted Raimi, just all those guys working together to just create something absolutely magical. And as much as I love Army of Darkness, Army of Darkness is, you know, straight comedy, um, not much horror. But, you know, there was like that perfect blend of comedy and horror. Like you, the tension would ramp up and then Bruce Campbell would do something completely stupid and break that tension, you know. Absolutely. Joey, what's your number four? My number four, Scream Two. Good choice. Good choice. Yeah. Good choice. I'm. Uh, that was. Uh, again, it it was. I I think it was predictable, but like another great soundtrack first... too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just oh, yeah. Just throwing that in there. So, but after the first one, I was like, well, what can they do besides copycat killers? Like, that's kind of the only direction they could have gone in and i don't know anything about movies i knew even less about movies back then but i was like it's kind of like oh oh yeah sorry uh, <laughs> imagine it's on my head there you go so hold on i got this dreadlock thing in my face so yeah so i was like oh you know what can they do other than uh copycat and then it, it worked awesome and then the fact that uh that aunt jackie was in it from Roseanne, I was like yeah. Laurie Metcalf. I'm like, whoa! <laughs> like now, I love it. This is awesome. Uh, but yeah, that's my that's my number four, and it's one of, I think that's like my second or third favorite Scream movie, something like that. That's one I, thing I, I could say about all the Scream movies. They they may not all be my favorite, but they all have really good soundtracks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Especially the first one. The first one's got a great soundtrack. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What about you, Wally? What's your number four? I'm going to go with Logan. Oh, wow. Nice. That's a good one. A perfect ending to the Wolverine series. And honestly, I don't even know if I I had double and triple thoughts about putting it on this list because it seems like such a standalone, but it references previous films. So I put it on there anyway. And it, it's just such a beautiful movie. It has a, a, a little bit of gravitas to it. The whole movie just feels like one of the best Westerns that we've never seen. And it has some of the best um, like set pieces, like the whole thing where Professor Xavier's flipping out and everybody's just kind of vibrating in place and wolverine has to work his way through it and you know just the movie is filled with moments like that and it has an emotional connection to me in a, at the end of it i mean if you haven't seen logan um and if you don't cry at the end of that movie right. you are an yeah. emotionally stunted human You're being a robot at that <laughs> yeah. point i mean cuz it's just I mean, and I'm going to spoil it for people who may not have seen it, but here's Wolverine. This Dude, it's like Logan. eight years old now. Spoil away. Yeah, right. <laughs> I haven't uh, seen it and I don't care. Go ahead. But he, he's it. impaled 
after saving his, who he finds out is his child and they're holding hands. And as he's dying, his final words are don't become what they wanted to make you basically. And, and it's just like, Oh my God, <laughs> this is I stand up and do an, you know, it, it, definitely huge Hugh Jackman's like best work uh at I mean maybe not his overall his entire career but I don't know, definitely as as Wolverine as Logan his his best performance okay yeah I mean I, absolutely and even Patrick Stewart playing you know Professor Xavier was fantastic because he's on a different uh journey in his life than he was other times we've seen him up to now. Which is was such an interesting story uh, about what would happen if someone like Professor X with that much mental power, what would happen if he became, you know, had dementia? Like that's, right. he's like, he's like an unstable nuclear weapon, basically. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's, a, it's a great, great movie. A lot like what we were talking about with Dark Knight, and I'll say this because Logan's also my number four. It feels like a very good Western set in modern times, and they even allude to that when they're watching the Western in the hotel room. (laughs) Right. And just, I agree it was Hugh Jackman's best performance as Wolverine, but I still think uh, Patrick Stewart, his performance as Charles gets a little overlooked in this sense because right. you mm-hmm. you see you see like the strongest mind in the world and even you know going back and watching the original X-Men and even into Days of Future Past he was this you know wall of support that was never going to break well, what would happen if he did break and the scene right. when you know Wolverine's having to go through the casino and everyone's just vibrating like crazy and he's still you know the the gore and the kills that he does in this movie are insane especially during that scene when the military is holding him at gunpoint and he's just you sticking his claws through the skulls and everything and it was just visually insane beautiful movie beautiful story and to allude to the very end when they bury logan and mm. X-23 takes the, the cross and turns it over sideways to make the X. And that's the last shot you see. Like, I, I remember going to see that opening night and I got teary eyed. Right. I was a mess. I was unprepared. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I had an idea that th- what was going to happen at the end. But then, you know, the way they did it made me just like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. I, I had little next to me like, dude. <laughs> I had little to no doubt that he was going to die at the end because of the finality that they had been building up to it. Right. Yeah. But I still wasn't ready for it. So that that was my number four, Logan, as well. One one of my favorite movies of all time. You are not prepared. <laughs> Jason, what's your number three? Uh, my number three is uh, Aliens. Uh, another movie. movie that not only surpassed the original um as far as as its genre because i feel like even though the first one is basically it's still a sci-fi movie 
but it's more of a haunted house in space, which it's still a great movie. Don't get me wrong, but it's very slow and it's very tension based. Aliens is just a straight up sci-fi action movie with performances like you could not get a better performance out of a human being than um, Bill Paxton in that movie. Uh, Yeah, game over, man. Like just everything about that movie is absolute science sci-fi perfection in that movie. I think if you wanted to teach sci-fi filmmaking, that's a movie that should be shown in classes. Yes, agreed. There's really no flaws in that movie. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but I remember watching it soon after I watched the original Alien for the first time, and I was just blown away by, and not to knock the original Alien, but Aliens is just far and above a more entertaining and just a better movie. And one of the very few movies I've ever seen where the the theatrical cut of the movie is still better than the director's cut. Like, don't get me wrong. I like the director's cut, but the the pacing of the theatrical cut still outshines the the director's cut on that movie. Joey, what's your number three? Uh, T2. Actually, let me clarify. Ah, Terminator 2. That was my train, number two. <laughs> train spotting is train spotting two is also called T two, <laughs> so I'm talking about the Terminator version. <laughs> that was my I just, number number one uh, <laughs> after I moved the Dark Knight. Oh my god! <laughs> Sorry, man. No, speaking, no, it's of it, fine. speaking of great soundtracks, man, I mean that's another one. I mean, I still love "You Can Be Mine" by Guns N' Roses. It's probably the most famous song from that movie, or the most well known song from that movie. But uh, yeah, that was a it was a lot more. Um, action to me than than the original i saw the original when i was a little kid and when he when he in the original when he cuts his when he cuts whatever the hell this is called with the with the thing and then he's doing this in the mirror so we could see the gears moving i was like that's disgusting and then i must have been like i don't know 11 or 12 the first time i saw that and then when t2 came out i couldn't wait to go see it it was so good um just everything in it is great man and and a a guy that i know is in it so i'm kind of partial (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, Derek knows, uh, you know, our mutual friend, Steve Wise, who uh, filmmaker Steve Wise. I've had this conversation with him numerous times about how I believe Terminator 2 should be taught in film school, not mm-hmm. as far as editing, screenwriting, everything about movie making. That movie needs to be taught in film school. It's an absolute, in my personal opinion, a perfect movie. Have have you seen? Do you have the DVD, uh, the one from the nineties? Yeah, I've got like eight different copies of that movie. <laughs> yeah, because it basically has a film school on it. Yeah, <laughs> um, it tells you step by step how the movie was made. Yeah, isn't there a making of in the extras? I think right, and it's it's literally like ten or eleven hours of material that yeah. just shows you okay, this is what the process of writing it was. This is the process of pre-production. This is how we boarded the movie. This is the, you know, this is what these people, this is what these people's jobs are. You know, I mean, it it goes to the nitty gritty of what filmmaking is like. And it was fascinating to me as as a 16, 17 year old. And it was, you know, 
even today, I feel that's one of the best DVD uh, sets that you can purchase because of the fact that it has such a deep dive on those. I mean, Robert Rodriguez does a really good job on his as well, the the um, five-minute film schools that he has on his discs. But this is above and beyond, really. Yeah. I watched a really good uh, YouTube series not too long ago where uh, they took um, Robert uh, Patrick uh, through all the shooting locations. Uh, It was just a couple of years ago, but they took him to all the different shooting locations and just talked about the movie. And it was really (laughs) cool. cool. Yeah, he's a raging racist. He is. (laughs) In what? Peacemaker. peacemaker. Oh, the John Cena thing? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. You can't see him? I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I knew it was coming. People talk about... I appreciate that as a wrestler, though. (laughs) People people can say what they want about James Cameron. You know, there's a lot of people out there that say what a big of an asshole he is, how hard he is to work for. He works you to death. But the dude knows how to make movies. That's why he's the way he is. Yeah. Yeah. That's why he's as successful as he is. Mm -hmm. Yep. But yeah, I'm I'm in total agreement. It's there's really no flaws with that movie. I, I can some of the the sounds even like the shotgun are like some of the most iconic sounds to me in in movie right. history. So there's just little details in that movie that just make it my perfect. only my only gripe with that movie is when he comes off the overpass onto the truck when he's on the bike, and you can see the stunt double. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's the they only, fixed my that. only gripe. When, Damn on, HD. On the 4K, they, they <laughs> fixed it. Oh, really? That's awesome. Yeah. I didn't know that. They did a face replacement. That's awesome. That's, that's cool. They did a deep fake, you mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, so actually, now I gotta see that. Ver- I gotta buy that now, 4K, and watch that. There's different, you know, facial replacement is a different thing, but yes, <laughs> it's, it's basically the same. I am on Amazon as we speak. <laughs> Why? See, what's I your number it, three? Uh, so, so let me just cut off. Yeah, yeah go, go ahead. For one second. Go ahead. I said this a second ago, and I said, let me clarify it. I mean, Terminator 2. I went to Amazon. I typed in T2 in 4K, and Train Spotting 2 is the first <laughs> thing that comes up. That's hilarious. <laughs> and it's only 15 bucks of 4K, and there's only seven left in stock, so order soon. Anyway, sorry. But, uh, my second, my, my, what is this? My third? Number three. Terminator 2 uh, 4K is only $9. Back to the Future 2. Oh, nice. man, that's a good one. Back to the Future 2 made me look forward to 2015 unnecessarily. (laughs) It was, but it was, it's, I was a kid whenever I first saw it, and whenever I see it, it does fire those synapses in my brain that uh, associate it with Pizza Hut and, you know, just hoverboards and things of that nature. But it is one of the most fun times that I've seen, I, I don't, that's a theme for all of these movies is that I had fun watching them. And while I have no, uh, no, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. I, I know it's not really a great movie, but at the same time, it's still one of my favorite movies to watch because of how much everything put together was, just iconic the hoverboard the flying delorean uh we've got <laughs> and the ending was one of my favorite endings out of donald trump I, I mean biff tannen yeah, <laughs> 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 i never was, was thought it two 
Was two, uh, what kind of stupid name is that? Or is that three? That was three. Like Clint Eastwood. That, okay. was, that was three. I love three, too. I yeah, just, yeah. Three is fun. That whole trilogy together makes each one of them individually great. That's the whole. It great really does. Yeah. And that's really, you know, part two set up the whole, you know, don't, don't call me chicken side <laughs> thing. Uh, it, it had really good performances from Michael J. Fox, who played three different characters in this movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that was really cool. Uh, the guy who played George McFly was not George McFly. It was uh-huh. a tour guide from Universal. Who they That's why they up. hung him upside down. So you couldn't right, tell. So you couldn't tell. <laughs> uh it was a it, it was a really good movie i really enjoy it robert zemeckis is one of my favorite filmmakers in general because you know i, I don't know if anybody knows it but he's like romancing the stone who yeah. filmed roger rabbit uh the other back to the future movies of course he he he's made uh some mistakes like Ma, uh, mars needs moms but it was <laughs> a uh i'm not familiar with that one but i think i've seen neither is anyone else <laughs> It's one of those when he got really big in the computer, uh, computer gen- the motion capture movies that he was yeah, making, yeah. like uh, Christmas Carol and the Polar Express. It was one of those. And I love this, the Polar Express, I love that movie. I, you know, when I go back to watch it, it's just so uncanny valley. I can't enjoy I it. I know so many people that are like, I just can't mm-hmm. get into it. I'm like, man, I, the first time I saw that, I fell in love with it. I don't know what it is, right? About I did too. I, love I mean, that it movie. was. It was a lot. Of, it was a good little Christmas movie, but you know. And one thing I love about Robert Zemeckis <laughs> is, you know, no matter how many truckloads of money they try to back up to his house <laughs> to be able to do a reboot of Back to the Future, he's just like, no, no, no it's not going to happen. He, he refuses to do it. But I respect Bob that Gale. though. That is a yeah. man of principle, right there, yeah. and I <laughs> really like that. Right, but back- uh, yeah, I really enjoy that movie. Back to the Future 2 is one of those movies like I was talking about with Rocky 2 that I appreciate more as I've have gotten older. Like I I always like the third one. You know, I love the western style of it and it's just a fun movie to me. Right. The second one when I watched it as a kid it was a little too much for me, but as I've gotten older and watched it in more recent memory, I actually really like it. And plus, yeah. now I think of that movie every time I hear I Can't Drive 55 by Sammy Hagar. <laughs> right? Oh, my God. That was the first time I ever heard really? of Sammy Hagar. Really? I think Hagar. it's speed. <laughs> you know, Fair and point. That's, uh, one thing that I thought was really funny is that they use the Sammy Hagar song to make it seem like the world is terrible. And I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that has to say about Sammy Hagar, but <laughs> I would be offended. <laughs> Can I say one more thing about Terminator 2 really quick? Oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. The 4K Blu-ray version is $9 on Amazon, and the LaserDisc is 48 bucks. That's Whoa! <laughs> what? I want the LaserDisc version, but I haven't had a LaserDisc player in 400 years. And there's also a collector's edition Blu-ray version that came out in 2018 that is uh, not available on Amazon, but available elsewhere for $800. Whoa! Wow. <laughs> it wow. comes with... It comes with a life-size replica of the the arm, the robotic arm. It's eight hundred thirty-eight dollars and eighty-four cents. Oh wow! I am Check. very interested in that, but I'm not paying that. Checking anyway. my bank account. Yeah, right. Not happening. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I just see, I just bought the Blu-ray for nine bucks. It's great. The 4K see, I wish I could bucks. say I had the money to be like, you know what? If I wanted to drop eight hundred dollars on a limited edition Blu-ray, I could do it. You know, I'm not what saying it is. I would. It's... I would just love to have the ability. 
It's a it's a it's an NFT. Uh, yeah. A, a nuts yeah. for Terminator is what yeah. you have to be <laughs> Well, speaking of that, my number three is also Terminator Two for a lot of the reasons Whoa. that we've been talking about. Um, I watched it, you know, as a kid. I actually saw a T two before Terminator One. Same. So, I I just. And blown away by the fact that the effects still hold up. It has a perfect story. The acting is awesome. For what, Linda Hamilton yeah. is such a badass in that oh, movie. Oh, she is. I love how the Terminator becomes more human and she becomes more Terminator-like. Like, you're watching yeah. those two parallel journeys. Like, she's becoming what she hated. It was just you know, such something... an awesome story. There, I'm sorry to, to interrupt. There, there's something that uh, um, iconic about that movie that I think a lot of people mentioned that before that came out, that Schwarzenegger was like, you know, freakishly against sequels. I don't do sequels. I don't do part twos. Like he just always, I don't remember where I saw this interview. There was some interview pre Terminator two, where he's like, I don't want to do sequel movies. I just want to make new stuff. And then that became an idea. And he was like, okay, I'll do that. Right. Well, you have you heard the story about how they were on a plane together and he read the script. Uh, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger read the script on the plane, and when he was done with it, he turned to John uh, James Cameron, who's and said, "I was moved." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "Well, that okay?" <laughs> you know, he got he got paid with a jet for that movie. Wow. Okay. Fair. That's what he got paid for. With, with one you. of the New York Jets did he get? <laughs> I Mark Gastineau. <laughs> I don't know why Still that name has a cage in, in his backyard. I don't know why that name popped in my head. Uh, <laughs> Jason, what's your number two? Uh, my number two was Terminator 2, but I'm going to move it to the honorable mention list and move up a movie uh back to the future three love it because i still love part two but as i've gotten older part three has way overtaken part two as my favorite sequel in that trilogy and because i, I feel like it's a much more uh it's much more doc centric <laughs> than all the <laughs> other two movies and i like that i like the fact that he had to struggle with you know, it was a love story. He found love, but he couldn't Moral stay there. Conundrum. You know, and just the way that movie ended with the train robbery and all that stuff. Like, is this a robbery? <laughs> it's a science, it's a science experiment. experiment. <laughs> <laughs> like that whole the whole movie is just it's so fun. And I was never really still to this day, not really a fan of Westerns. But there's just something about that movie that just just it's I don't know. It's it's, it's so it's just so good. There's really just two westerns I enjoy watching, and it's that one and Tombstone. Tombstone, yeah, <laughs> I knew it. I knew yeah. it. Like, it, there's something about the 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 setting and having that whole. I mean, we we see a lot of fish out of water type scenarios, but it's turned on its head a little bit because Doc is here making it work. You know, he's got yeah. this giant refrigerator that he's built. <laughs> he's got, I mean, yeah, for iced tea of all things. That's, <laughs> that's all he uses it for. And, uh, I mean, he's got this oh, ridiculous gun sight that he invented. And it's, 
it's so fun and one of the see. my favorite parts of that movie is when they're in the bar and you know he's all torn up about breaking up with it with <laughs> uh um what was her name uh clara. clara and he's just sitting there like you know telling the story and they're like how many has he had that's just, still his first one he hasn't <laughs> even drank that one yet <laughs> he just likes to hold it yeah, yeah. <laughs> like if you don't go out there everybody everywhere is gonna say that Clint Eastwood is the biggest yellow belly in the, in the world <laughs> oh man I gotta watch uh, that again uh, where'd you learn to shoot like that 7-Eleven <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joey what's your number two uh, number two uh, the original Rocky Four. Ooh. I dig it. Not the new one that came out. I haven't one. seen the new so, one. So, yeah, you have, so you have seen the new one? Oh, yeah. Okay. It is a different movie. Man. It is a very it's, different movie. Yeah, it's good, but it's anything that, you, that would make you crack a smile and laugh has been removed. I'm like, there's no robot. There's no, like, the man's tongue didn't come through customs. Like, giggling. Like, there's just, like, I don't know. It's It's so much more serious. And, like, I'm I'm like a purist when it comes to Rocky Four. Like I I could watch I can close my eyes and watch the whole thing in my head right now. The original, like scene by scene. But there was, like I don't know there there was um I don't remember what happened in the new one beforehand. But they it it went from one scene to showing Apollo Creed in the pool, and I'm like, dude, dude there's like four minutes that I just missed right here. Oh, uh, maybe it was after that when he was talking to Rocky and they were outside throwing a football yeah. around. And I'm like, that thing, there was no football in the real movie. Come on, man. And then they, they like changed like the uh, um, Dolph Lundgren spoke at the first press conference. Like, no, no, no. It was it was a lot better, I thought, in the first one. I, I appreciate what, what Stallone was trying to do. But I, in my opinion, they should have took the original and just added all the stuff in. And if it ended up being four hours, it was four hours. Like it, it was it only it, it ended up being like 45 minutes of new or, or new footage added, but then they removed 45 minutes of the original. So the movie is still the same length. Like in my mind, like, dude, just if it's going to call if you're going to call it the director's cut, just throw all that stuff back in. Let it That's be four so hours, weird. three and a half hours. Yeah, it's it's good. And uh, and it's on the uh, the Plizex if anyone wants to see it. But um, it's I don't know. It just it feels uh, like it, a completely it, it, different movie. Yeah, I mean, it says something to me that I how much I love Rocky Four, and I've only watched the newer one once, and I've seen, and after that I've gone back and watched the one twice already since then. I'm like I don't, I just it's I don't know, I don't know what I don't want to say it's not for me because I still love the movie, but it's just so different. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I want to see it because I haven't had not heard really a good thing about it yet. Neither did I, but I watched it anyway because, I, like I said, I'm a purist. I, I had to watch it. Because I'm like you, I like, still love the original Rocky Four. Yeah, like yeah, that's I love. Why I specified it for this list, but I mean, I meant the original. I just remember see. I actually, that's you know, I remember seeing that in the theater as a kid, and just it's oh one of those. God. It was I, one of those pop culture moments, man. I remember Rocky Four came out. The town I lived in in Jersey was called Emerson, where my mother still lives, um, where my parents lived before my dad passed away. My mother still lives there. But I remember going to the movie theater in that town, the Emerson Quad. They had four theaters. It was like, wow, a building with four different theaters in it. It was like unheard of back then. <laughs> and I remember, so the movie theater was here. There was a long sidewalk, and it made a right angle, and then it went to a whole shopping plaza. And the first building after the corner was the bowling was a bowling alley. 
And I remember the line was way past the bowling alley. My uncle, myself, and my mother were on line for that movie. And I wanted to see it so bad. And I was like, man, I can't wait. We got to go. We got to go. I begged my mother to take me to see it. And uh, my uncle's like, oh, I'll go see it, whatever. But I remember waiting on line outside the bowling alley to get in to see that movie. And I just, I remember like loving it. I can't wait to see it again. And then, uh, you know, whatever. VHS came out and I'm like, this is beautiful. I get to watch whatever I want. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then I grew up and then in high school, I worked at a video store for seven years. So I'm like, this is beautiful. I get to watch anything I want. And that was like, that tape was like worn out more, you know, faster than anything. Like, Rocky Four all day. That's all yeah. you watched for like seven years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that was one of the movies that we were allowed to play. In, but one of the few we were allowed to play in the store because there's not really a lot of bad language in it. If he dies, he dies. He dies. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah, when you think of movies from the 80s, Rocky Four has to be up there on the list of like names that are synonymous with that decade. I still have the, uh, speaking of Rocky Four, I still have the uh, edited for television version from like channel four that was on like christmas or something when i was a kid (laughs) and all i remember is like as they went to commercial they had two big blow-up boxing gloves that started like this and then they would turn this way and then once it got to where you saw the actual top one of them had the russian flag one of the u.s flag and they would hit and they would both explode and then it would cut the commercial and then when they came back it would uh they would do it again and they would explode and then it would go back to the movie and i was like wow this is great and i I filmed it. I mean, I filmed it. I recorded it. I still have it. It's great. I love that movie, dude. It's so fun. Like, three and four, like we talked about earlier, how they may not have aged as well, but they're fun movies. Like, I love watching Mr. T in Rocky Three. I like watching Drago in Rocky Four. I like all the training montages. One of the best fights in the entire Rocky series just because of how elaborate (laughs) it is and how big of a deal it feels. I, I got a really quick story about Rocky three, just cause you mentioned it before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a guy um, named, uh, I'm not going to say his name actually, but there's a, he's a wrestling promoter from Pennsylvania. Um, I'm not going to say it cause I forget his name. Um, <laughs> I, I know it starts with a B, but I don't remember if it's Brian, Brad, Bud, Bill. I forget what the hell it is now. I'll remember it in five minutes. Um, but this guy used to sell, ta- used to sell wrestling tapes at, at, you know, wrestling events, get a merch table or whatever. And he would always have a bunch of tapes and T-shirts and signed posters and autograph eight by tens or whatever. And one of the uh, one of the tapes he had was, uh, oh, well, there's his name, so and so's favorite wrestling matches. And it was weird. It was like he just recorded stuff off of TV and then put it on this tape and sold it as like his favorite matches, like as if that was important to anybody else in the world. But the number one favorite match was. Rocky Balboa versus Thunderlips. And I go, are you kidding me? That doesn't count. He's like, oh, dude. No, man, it was great. <laughs> like, you gotta be kidding me, man. I'll never forget that. I, 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 I mean, I could tell you where the hell I was standing in the building, in the venue when I first saw that. It was insane. Uh, uh, he, just, he just put the whole scene that entire fight from the movie that was on the tape. And I'm like, that doesn't count as one of your favorite, favorite wrestling matches. <laughs> I just thought I that was a little funny side story. I saw on the, uh, Sylvester Stallone, uh, merch website, you can actually get a Thunderlips <laughs> cape. It is hilarious. Oh, you should right, look that I up. Am, I am. I'm typing right now. <laughs> but, uh, Wally, what's your, uh, number two? My number two. If, um, you know, I've moved all of these because a lot of them have been taken. 
so and I don't want oh I don't want to double up. Sorry. That's that's the problem I wanted to come up with. Hundred dollars for the Thunderlips game. Yeah. Sorry. Oh wow, good good. The gravy. ultimate mail. This is amazing. Sorry, I got. I'm gonna mute myself. <laughs> but uh, I'm gonna go with Toy Story three. Oh, so good. I wanted to put that on my top five list. And 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 here's why. Toy, you know, we we don't sit here and talk about a lot of animated movies whenever we're talking about the top whatever, and unless it's top animated movies. But the thing that really stands out about Toy Story Three is how kind of adult it is. It's not like it, it's not so adult that you know kids can't watch the movie, but it has such a great escape vibe. And it has a wonderful uh, cast of characters that are incredibly deep in a way that is not normally seen in, in children's media. And the 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 ending, I mean, it it I would I wasn't ready. I was not ready for the last third of that movie. And a lot of it has to do with you know the incinerator scene. Uh, which, you know, I mean, whenever I wrote my review, it started out with a spoiler and I feel very bad about it, but I started it out saying, okay, there's, you know, but the way it, talking about how, you know, your favorite characters from this children's movie are heading toward their doom and they're trying to get out to a point where, one of them look over to their normal leader and say, well, what do we do? And his answer is, we accept our fate. <laughs> and they are about to be set on fire together. <laughs> and when they all clutch each other, I was just right. like, no, start holding you, each can't, hands. you can't do this. Right. You, we're, we're about to watch them melt to death. What the hell is <laughs> happening here? And then, and then we have the Deus Ex of uh, aliens where they uh have the claw which i think is is clever that was great <laughs> come, down, hmm. come down and save them but then you know and then we have the whole you know passing everything to bonnie scene where you know the owner of the toys uh andy is going to college so he stops over at his um uh, at his little sister's uh, friend's place and gives her the toys. Now, I never really understood really why, why he gave it to Bonnie and not his sister, but that's okay. And I guess his sister didn't want all of them, but uh, it was a lot of uh, a lot of emotions that happened in that case, especially whenever, you know, he's driving away and Woody says the final line of the film, you know, so long, partner. And, you know, and then the movie ends and it's like, oh my God, and then they made a fourth movie for some reason. <laughs> Which wasn't bad, but we've but talked about this before, but <laughs> Toy Story 3 was the perfect end to a trilogy. Not just right. Toy Story, but a trilogy. Right. I mean, it you know, should have ended it. So I was nine when Toy Story 1 came out. Right. And then years later, when they finally announced Toy Story 3... I was skeptical at first because I was like, what What other stories do they have left to tell? But when they said that Andy was going to be in college and it was going to be the toys having to accept that, 
I thought to myself, okay, this yeah. this this will work. And right. like you, I was not ready for the end of that movie because I've there's been very few movies that I've cried at, and that was right. one of them because it was like watching my childhood drive away. Like you know, and I I can tell like. There's a point when I'm watching a movie where I realize I'm being too emotional. Like, because I can feel like the expression on my face going, you know, like, what the hell is happening? You know, and I can feel my eyes. It's weird to explain. But like, I can feel how my eyes are kind of like wide open, but also kind of sunken. <laughs> it's like, what, what is going to happen here? Yeah. And I, 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 I caught myself doing that. And I'm like, I gotta sit back in my chair. What's gonna happen? And look over at my at the time, my my wife at the time was like, "Are you seeing this shit?" <laughs> you know, it's, like, it, it, it's one of those things. It, it was. Uh, I love that movie so much. Yeah. And I I still don't know why they need a fourth one, but you know, I'm not mad it exists. I just don't think it's necessary. Agreed. So one and two for me were very very hard to pick they're really one a and one B to me, but I'm going to classify it as two. My number two is empire strikes back. AKA oh, yeah. it's my favorite movie of all time, but it's going to be one of my picks. You, yeah. You, my honorables, you take the original star Wars. It changes the movie business and filmmaking in general. So how do you top it? Well, right. you top it off with better writing Better directing, better storytelling, better sets. I the Hoth battle is still one of my favorite pieces of cinema. Not just in Star Wars, but I love the Hoth battle. I love the music. I love the setting. I think the walkers look badass. You get to introduce Yoda. And of course, you know, the the revelation of Darth Vader being Luke's father. Spoilers if you haven't seen Star Wars. Oh my god! <laughs> but, I'm um, so scandalized. Yeah, I well, know. Not right? only that, but just one of the greatest scenes in movie history. And every time I see this scene, especially whenever I saw it, I've seen it quite a few times in the theater, especially for the re-release. I saw it in the theater as a kid. But the same scene every single time in Cloud City, when Luke is looking around by himself, and then you hear that breath. Is like the force is with you, young Skywalker, but you are not a Jedi yet. And it's just that scene, like just goosebumps down the arm every single time. Perfectly delivered by James Earl Jones. Absolutely. But, but it's you know, you and you also take the characters on journeys of growth. You know, you have Han and Leia's relationship start to build while they're fleeing from the Empire. You have Luke discovering you know, the the backstory of the Jedi or as best he can with only one still being alive. But you, you see the natural growth of everyone. And I, I just thought it was flawlessly done. Mm-hmm. So that's yep. it, it was very close. I, I'm curious right. as to if anybody is going to figure out what my number one is, but we'll get to that. Jason, what is <laughs> your number one? Well, my number one was Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> and uh, because like you said, you it's one of those movies that completely is part of a trilogy, but it completely elevates everything around it. 
And I don't think if if Empire would not have been as good, good as it is, I don't know if Star Wars would be what it is today because you got most of your mythology going forward from Empire Strikes Back. Absolutely. Especially, I mean, look at we got the Book of Boba Fett right now. We would we we wouldn't know who the Mandalorians were if it wasn't for for Empire Strikes Back. I mean, I that movie Boba just Fett yet is any good. It, I like it, but that yeah. the third the yeah, third episode heard, was a little. I haven't heard much good about it, but I haven't watched it yet. It's I'm worth gonna wait watching. till. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna wait till it's done before I give it. Yeah, a full before I give it a full because yeah. it's. Awfully... I watched every Mandalorian religiously, but I haven't seen any of Boba Fett at all. Yeah, this it's it's not as good as the Mandalorian was at this no. stage. I love it. The, the Mandalorian's not finished, is it? No, there's no, gonna be a third season. New, uh, okay, yeah, okay. I think in December. Yeah. Okay. Oh God, December! It's only January. <laughs> Are these people kidding me? <laughs> yeah. As far as sequels go, I mean, Empire Strikes Back set the tone from that mo- moment forward because before that, you really didn't have sequels. The sequels were seen as uh, just lesser, you know, cash grabs at that point. And um, it was after that point when when the, the movie industry was like maybe we can make sequels that are as good or better than the first movie. Yeah, absolutely. Joey, you're number one. Halloween 2018. Ooh. I like it. I had a feeling one of them was going to make an appearance on your list. I was going to move empire out of the way (laughs) because you had empire at two. So I was going to replace it with Halloween 18 because that was on my (laughs) runners up list. Yeah. Um, I mean, just because it's a direct sequel to the original, you know, erasing all the other stuff, essentially. Um, I mean, we talked about it. We've talked about it how many times now? 18, 19, right. 20, yeah. <laughs> and 21, I think. So do we talk about it for four years? For, I think four so. Halloween episodes or something like that? We're uh, going to, yes. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's, I mean, that's it for me, man. That's well, it, perfectly, it perfectly fits, like, even though it's been, you know, we've had lots of Halloween sequels after the original. Yeah. But I love how Halloween 18 came in and said, none of those, none of those exist. Okay. So we're just going to fill in 40 years of backstory and with basically just little pieces of dialogue here and there and let you fill in the blanks of what happened over the last 40 years. And it it made Laurie Strode into, you know, a, a recluse who, uh, a, you know, you would expect after something like that, who lived the last 40 years of her life, you know, behind, uh, you know, barbed wire fence and, and guns, basically. And, and they're the perfect yin and yang, you know, uh, Michael Myers and her. And I don't know, there's just something about that movie that just makes it so utterly watchable over and over again. Yeah. Well, it also captured the feel of the original like none of the other sequels Mm -hmm. did. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. I also have Halloween Kills in my honorables, but to me, like 2018 and Kills are almost like one big movie that they had to split up for time reasons. So yeah, they're they're kind of interchangeable, not interchangeable in order, but you know what I mean? On this list, at least. I like it. Wally, what's your number one? So there's only one movie that I've ever seen in a movie theater where 
I my blood pressure was affected by how much I was enjoying it. Like I could feel my body vibrating to the point where I didn't know if I was going to survive the screening. And this film was Avengers Endgame. Yes. As soon as the, you know, Avengers assemble happens and everyone just starts running and screaming at each other. Like I'm, I'm like, this, this is, yes, this is what I wanted. This is the, like, whenever I first saw X-Men 2 and there was a scene where the X-Men fight all of the guards at Stryker's compound, but we didn't see it. It all happened off screen and we saw the very end where Storm just knocked them over, knocked some dude over. And the thing that just popped in my head was, why can't we see everybody fighting in the same way that we would see on this beautiful splash page in a double-sized annual comic book? And that's what Endgame gave me. (laughs) And it exactly what I wanted. And it nearly murdered me. (laughs) I can tell you the moment that Steve Rogers got Mjolnir right. was yeah. I that theater erupted like in nothing I've ever seen before or since. And I think the adrenaline rush that I got during that when that scene happened, I, I've been chasing that high ever since. <laughs> and I don't think I'll ever, ever have anything match that moment. Right. It's one of those things where it's like, man, I wish I could experience that for the first time again. And it's frustrating because I know that no matter what they do down the line, I don't think I'll live to see anything as exciting, anything as satisfying, anything that is as fun as that movie was. And especially the opening night, you know, I wasn't able to see Spider-Man uh opening night but i was able to see it in the theater of people but it even that was while it approached it it was not the same energy that came off of everybody in that theater Dude, i mean just afterwards the... they gave out cigarettes <laughs> it was that much <laughs> of a pleasurable experience <laughs> Dude, just just thinking about on your left and right. just yes. Oh man, it was the, the the air was electric in the theater? It's like yeah. everybody got quiet. It's yeah. like yeah, like wait, was that? <laughs> <laughs> and then you know, as soon as as we saw T'Challa walking through the damn portal, and everybody's like, <gasps> and then there, of course, there's people back <laughs> as if he can hear us, and it was it was great. I loved every moment of it. So I didn't get to see Endgame on opening night, but I saw it the next day. And the moment when Steve Rogers grabs Mjolnir, and there's only like maybe 10, 15 people in the theater, I yelled, oh shit, really loud. And I was like, sorry. sorry. <laughs> but no, it was just such a cool moment. I was like, oh, I forgot he can do that. So, And the 14 other people were children. 
but that actually is a great segue to my number one, because my number one is Spider-Man No Way Home. Because growing up, loved Spider-Man, watched the animated series on Fox religiously as a kid, read the comic books from my uncle's collection. One of my favorite movie-going experiences was that same uncle taking me to see the original Tobey Maguire movie in 2002 on opening day. So knowing the anticipation of the movie and revealing that they were bringing back Doc Ock and Green Goblin and the other villains, essentially bringing together three generations of stories into one. And it took two studios to do it. And I'm not saying that to knock Endgame at all, but the fact that they were literally brought everyone back was a miracle in yeah. filmmaking and something that if you had told me 20, 30 years ago that this would happen, I would have said you were absolutely insane. But you know, that, that moment when Andrew Garfield comes through the portal and rips his mask off, there was, there were two people in the front of the theater, literally, they jumped out of their chairs and were throwing their fists in the air. <laughs> it was absolutely like you were talking about with Endgame. It was electric. And there were so many moments like that. And it's something that I will never forget. I've seen the movie four times in theaters. And I want to go see it one more time before its theatrical run ends, but... I I can't say enough good things about that movie. Like it, it just it, it hit me way deeper than I was expecting it to. Even though like a lot of things happened that I expected when they did happen, I still wasn't quite emotionally ready for it. I see you speaking, well, I, Wally. I can't but hear can't you, hear Wally. You. You're muted, bro. Man, I coughed earlier, and that was my downfall. <laughs> Oh. Uh, that was what I was trying to say is that there was a um, when it comes to that particular scene when when everybody came through there there was that electricity that uh, you know you don't normally get from a movie going experience and it it's a testament to the screenwriting and everything that they gave us what we wanted, but they did it in a way we didn't know we were going to get it, if that makes sense. It's like, you know, all of the memes, all of the references, all of the, you know, it could have been done so blatantly fan servicey that it was just, well, this is, this is garbage. But it ended up being such a a celebration of Spider Man, and that's hope, what was best about it. I just hope people realize how lucky that we all are <laughs> right. at this point, because I remember being a kid in the eighties and nineties and wanting movies like this, but all we had were you know Incredible Hulk TV movies and uh Roger Corman's Fantastic Four, which you had to get Oof. as a bootleg. And, you know, Punisher with Dolph Lundgren, like those were the the comic book movies we had. And I never would have dreamed in a million years that we would have gotten a movie like Spider-Man No Way Home or The Avengers or any of these movies. Right. You know, it's crazy. 
Well, I, I remember my friend James and I had a conversation where he was like, oh, I, I you know, wouldn't it be great if they made an Avengers movie, blah, 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 all this kind of thing. And I was like, no, different companies own the rights to different movies and all, you know, never going to happen in our lifetime. Well, I'm a liar. <laughs> that and I thought I was going to die a lot sooner. <laughs> a lot well, sooner I'll... than what? Hmm. A lot sooner than what? You ain't you ain't gone yet, brother. Yeah. No, 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 no. no. I'm not. That, I'm no, 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 no. Yeah. I'm staying alive for another fifty years. <laughs> Hopefully so. I have to go see No Way Home soon. I've I've heard so many good things. I'm so I I didn't actually realize it was still in theaters, but. Yeah, it starts in 15 minutes, a mile and a half from my house, but I'm not going to be able to make it. <laughs> it, it I just it's... looked up showtimes, like I didn't realize it was still in theaters. Yeah. Oh, it's 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 dominating it's a long the box run. Yeah. yeah. It's oh, it's still it's still making like a billion dollars a weekend. They're not pulling yeah. it out of the theaters <laughs> no. anytime right. soon. No. I mean, it's uh, it is currently in the top ten highest grossing movies of all time right now. I think yeah. it's number eight now or something like that. Yeah. Which is insane. And they're not going to take it out of theaters until it's number one. <laughs> <laughs> well, they'll probably re-release it with new footage. Honestly, yeah. yeah, they probably will. Hey, can I ask something? Speaking of that, did anyone hear about the Halloween Kills uh, Extended Edition? No. I know it's out, but I haven't watched it yet. I never even heard, I didn't even know there was one. It's four extra minutes. It popped up on my Plex. On my, uh, I saw it the other day and showed up somewhere mm. and i was like wow there's four it says extended and there's like four extra minutes i didn't watch it four minutes yet but i don't know i didn't even know they existed so a lot sorry. can happen in four minutes well he said the footage and that's what i that's the first thing i thought of yeah ask my ex-girlfriends <laughs> <laughs> and that's twice a night <laughs> uh, that's two shows on, on, on that note jason what were your honorable mentions uh let's see um i have a couple here uh spider-man 2 was on my yep. uh my honorable mentions uh as one of the greatest still to this day one of the greatest uh comic book movies ever made i mean that's why that you know they brought alfred molina back for yep. spider-man no way home because he's one of the greatest villains of all time the power um, of the sun and the palm of my hand, hand. yes uh, of course, I had Back to the Future 3 there. I had Empire Strikes Back on there before I went to number one. Uh, another movie that I put this on the list because I, I would have said Fury Road because I think Fury Road is one of the greatest action movies ever made. But I consider that to be a, a complete reboot of the entire thing. But of the original Mad Max trilogy, you know, the 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 Mel Gibson Johnson, trilogy, yeah. yep. Road Warrior is one of the That's greatest. A, yeah movies ever yeah. uh, and it totally outshines the first and the third movie uh the the first movie is one of those movies where like i think you should watch it but it's not going to be something you're ever going to watch again uh <laughs> uh beyond thunderdome is great but it's there was so much that went on behind the scenes of that movie that it's yeah. like two different movies and um, because, you know, uh, uh, George Miller lost his uh, writing partner uh, before filming began and George Miller didn't even want to do the movie at that point, but he was kind of contractually obligated to. So he didn't really uh, direct half that movie like he was just kind of barely there and it just felt so 80s if that means <laughs> get my yeah, meaning. I get what you mean. 
but road warrior is an absolute perfect post-apocalyptic movie like it's so out there but it's utterly like likable and watchable and even though it's it's crazy like the the fashions that they put in them like in a post-apocalyptic world who's gonna dress like that really you know but (laughs) it's still it fits within that that world you know and it's just it's a great absolutely one of the great sci-fi movies uh, of all time now you got me wanting to watch road warrior again i haven't watched it in a long time he's got me thinking about how i wish george miller was able to make his version of the justice league yeah i mean there some of it was shot wasn't it because i've seen screenshots of Mm -hmm. you know the all of them together well they they did uh chemistry yeah uh chemistry uh reels but otherwise they they did shoot some of it and and not not a whole enough for it really to really show us anything yeah i really feel like george miller got to do you know i feel like it was the 1982 version of fury road like he got to once he got to the point of fury road he was absolutely 100 certain of what he wanted to do with that type of movie but i think road warrior was as close as he could get at the time with the resources he had yeah agreed joey what about you what were your honorable mentions i got five here and then i have i have one that didn't have a sequel but i thought it should i thought that would be an interesting category too so my honorables are my first one of course godfather 2 italian Yep. <laughs> uh, Star Wars Episode Three. Right. That was okay. on my honorable mention. Uh, Temple of Doom, Indiana Jones. Oh yeah. man, I was gonna yeah. put that on my list because I'm one of the few people that actually like Temple of Doom more yeah. than I like Raiders. I mean, oh, don't get me wrong, I love Raiders, but I like yeah. watching Temple of Doom more. <laughs> yeah, I don't know right. why. I I love uh, I love Raiders, man. Like uh, Chill like monkey um, brains. Yeah, and for dessert, <laughs> chilled monkey brains. Uh, the new Scream, which I'm not going to spoil. And my fifth, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, my fifth honorable uh, mention is House 2, the second story. Ooh. Yeah. I, yes. I love that movie. And then I my, haven't seen that in forever. My, oh, man, I might have to watch that tonight. Dude, I, it used to be so, on TV constantly. When, when yeah. I was like, when I was, I don't know, when the house came out, I think in 86, the original, 85, 86. So I was like eight, nine years old. And I remember watching like with my sister. And the only thing I remembered was like the guy opened up his medicine cabinet in his bathroom, dove through it, fell for 6,000 miles, whatever, ended up in water, and then popped up out of the water and he was in Vietnam. And I'm like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> and so then when I heard there was a sequel, I'm like, I have to see this. This has got to be like it, it didn't have anything to do with the original one. It was kind of like a like a, a different movie or a new movie, but it was called House 2. But uh yeah, I haven't watched it in so many years, so long. You know, there's um, another movie that you just reminded me of that I was actually gonna put on my list, but it's not technically a sequel, is Return of the Living Dead. I thought you were oh, gonna say Troll yeah. 2. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Return of the Living Dead is a weird movie because it's not in the the George Romero zombie verse, but it yeah. references the first movie, uh, Night of the Living Dead. 
as right. being in that universe, but it's not, and it's weird. <laughs> and then it it went off with its whole, you know, whole set of sequels after that. But I yeah. love Return of the Living Dead. I think that's a really about great one. zombie movie. Uh, and then I have one one that I thought should have gotten a sequel that never did, and that's Shocker. Oh yeah, Mitch Pileggi. Yes, I I dig that movie. That's another awesome soundtrack. That's Shocker's got it yeah. amazing. That might be that one and Rocky Four might be my favorite like two movie soundtracks. But um, yeah, I, I thought that should have got some kind of sequel, and it never did. That was a Wes Craven movie, wasn't it? Yes, sir. Yeah. I've actually I never seen, seen that, that in a movie. long time either. Oh man, it's good. It's good. I love it. Horse Pinker. I'll have to yeah. look to see if it's available anywhere. Good stuff. Um, there used I, to be I, a punk band around I know here where we available. used to play with all the time, and they, their name was Horace Pinker back I've in the 90s. I've actually <laughs> heard of a band with that name. Yeah. Wait, they may have played up here a couple times because I, I, uh, I think they I may rec- have been from that area. I think. Yeah, I recognize the name obviously from the movie, but, um, it just it always stuck with me that there was a band named that because of the mm-hmm. movie. So they may have actually been from around here. You're right. Yeah. Wally, what were your honorable mentions? Uh, we have Gremlins to the new batch. This oh, podcast that's is a good over. One. <laughs> that's a good one, dude. I, I didn't, wish I'd I didn't, thought of I, that. I mean, you know, I said it because Jason hates them. You know, I got uh, justified on uh, there. Uh, there's a facebook group i'm on about uh people over 40 or whatever like pop culture stuff and one of the people on there said that they were seven years old when they saw it in the theater too and it gave them nightmares for four years and i'm like (laughs) there's another person so i'm not the only one but that's the thing i also saw it at five and i'm fine i love those movies (laughs) i don't there's no excuse uh, but yes, I, I loved it. You know, lots of satire of the first movie. Uh, Hulk Hogan's in it. Um, yeah, we can't go wrong with that fucking guy. <laughs> I mean, I mean that freaking guy. Sorry. Right, that guy. <laughs> uh, we got Superman two. Yeah. Uh, nice. Oh yeah. Really yep. And uh, with with I, the uh, the fruit roll up chest thing. Right. Yes. <laughs> now we're just making stuff up. Yeah. Uh. So the, which which version, the original theatrical cut or the, or the Donner, Richard Donner cut? The, the Richard Donner uh, cut. Honestly, either way will go. It's the same movie uh, with different outlooks. But, you know, I, I just feel like the Superman 2 just had a lot of a lot of like iconic things that I love about Superman is in that, you know, like Neo before Zod, you know, all that <laughs> greatness. Uh then there's uh, X2, X-Men United. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a good one. Good movie. And finally, John Wick 2. Nice. I never saw that. I saw John Wick 1. The, the, was... Just for the scene where him and Common are taking pot shots at each other with silenced pistols in a busy terminal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I know in real life, that's actually a meme now like where that. somebody said had that scene going, and they're like, This is Kanye and Pete Davidson put taking out the trash like, in the morning. But uh, it's the only thing, the only thing that really gets me about that movie is the whole setup is you know, whenever 
uh, John Wick got out of the lifestyle. Um, and I don't mean swinging. I mean, you know, <laughs> the lifestyle. Yes, the assassin lifestyle. Uh, he um, gave the this person basically a token that would allow him to come back into it for one last mission. And I feel like that is quite a big like that 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 doesn't make any sense. But whatever, <laughs> I'll I'll go with it. It's still a good movie. <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I didn't like the third one as much. All right, uh, I think I'm done. Derek. <laughs> uh, my honorable mentions: Toy Story Three, Halloween 2018, uh, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. <gasps> I didn't think of any oh, of the yeah. Harry Potter movies. I love to me like Prisoner of Azkaban was what made me a fan of those movies. I loved its it, darker turn. I love Gary Oldman as Sirius Black. Oh my God! Love I've done movie. my waiting. <laughs> Twelve years of it. <laughs> exactly. Um, I put instead of Endgame, I put Infinity War. I feel like it gets a little overlooked because of the epic scale of Endgame, but Infinity War is just such an amazing movie. Right. Uh, and then also The Dark Knight and Evil Dead Two. One of my favorite memories is leaving Infinity War and everyone filing out of the theater it was silence silence (laughs) i mean just silence and the people outside excited to see this movie was it good you'll see the movie (laughs) i mean i love the movie i don't want to talk about it right now i'm I'm emotionally broken still still processing it you know what before we go tonight i am going to go ahead and just add to my oh no 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 no, no. come on (laughs) i knew it i knew it was coming at some point monster uh has nothing to do with the the halloween (laughs) um uh movies whatever it's still one of my favorite uh weird sci-fi horror movies I like it. I like so it. I'm, you know, I'm, can I, let, me, let me say one thing. That gift that I bought you, Jay, was the first time I've ever spent money on anything Halloween 3 related. Then <laughs> yeah. he should feel honored. And it's proudly displayed right now in my living room. Uh, <laughs> I thought you would dig that. I, I, like I said, I saw that instantly thought of you. Uh, Tom Atkins is going to be at Pensacon this year, so I'm very yeah, excited. I'm, he is... I'm so bummed that I can't be there. Next year, my, my yeah, friend. Next, next year. year. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish the four the wait, wait, four, yeah. Four of yeah, us. There's four of us. Lived. For some reason I was thinking it was me and four of you, but I'm one of the four, so that makes four. <laughs> um, I wish that the four of us lived closer together so we could do like movie night once a week. Like oh, I know. Oh, that'd Either be we go to a theater yeah, like we go to a theater or we just take turns going to each other's place and we alternate or whatever and just watch something. Man, I wish we were closer. That'd be fun. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. There used Absolutely. to be a group of guys that I would do that with when new releases would come out that we all wanted to see. We would go like once a month. Oh, like we used last... to do that when we were at Sicily's. The last uh, uh, the last movie we saw together was the first Austin Powers, which I I hated, and I haven't gone with those guys since. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we could do I... that in the metaverse here here pretty soon. We could we could meet up in the metaverse. Oh, you know what? Yeah. We could do that with uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot we could do that online. There's plenty of uh, watch-together options. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we go, uh, you guys have any... We'll start with Jason. Any website, social media you want to plug? 
Go check out me and Derek uh, for our retro gaming show over at Nerd Cave Retro at Nerd Cave Retro on Twitter and Instagram. Um, we talk about retro games. And uh, last week, Derek was was out ill. So I had to have Mr. Wally Phelps join in. And we talked about Tiny Toon Adventures for the Nintendo Entertainment System. And which the show suffered for it. No, it did not. That was a great <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, go check us out over at Nerd Cave Retro. And also, uh, I do another podcast called Open Micers with Mr. Jacob Craig. And uh, we talk about comedy. We talk to comedians, musicians, actors, anybody in the trenches of the entertainment industry at Open Micers on Twitter and Instagram. Joey? Uh, you can follow me on all social platforms at TV. Send me all your hate mail at joeyimagegmail.com and go see the new stream, please. Oh, and play Days Gone, whether you're on a PS4, PS5, or PC. Please play it. It's worth your time. I have it. I got. I have it on my hard drive because you keep talking about it, and I, yeah, I keep forgetting to play it. The playing it is the... This reminds me of Seinfeld. Like, anybody can take a reservation. It's the holding of the reservation <laughs> that matters. <laughs> anybody can download the game. It's the playing of it that matters. <laughs> I don't know why that's the first thing that popped on it, but yeah, uh, I will, I will, I will uh, uh, defend and promote that game as, as much as I can. Till I, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna when I die, I'm gonna be buried in a freaking Deacon St. John cosplay outfit, probably. That was a great episode. Uh, <laughs> I listened to that the other day when it dropped, and it made. Oh, you me heard it the Deacon John podcast? Yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah. Thanks, man. I didn't think anyone. I, I haven't heard anything about it yet. One yeah, I was guy. Let I you know. It. I listened to it, and uh, I forgot to let you know. I listened One, to it yeah. the other day. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. One dude on Reddit said that it was good, like, but he said it to the host and didn't tag me, so I didn't see it until she sent me. Uh, actually, today she sent me a screenshot of the comment, and I'm like, that's the only feedback I've seen so far. But uh, that was a lot of fun, and we're gonna do another one um, coming up that I can't talk about, where we're gonna talk about mods, PC mods, and I just said I can't talk about it, and I told you anyway. I'll go on Twitter and tell and say it was a great episode. Does the Days Gone podcast have what is their Twitter? Is it just Days Gone? Um, no, I forget. But she doesn't use Twitter anymore. Oh well, never like, mind then. Yeah, she's like, I just <laughs> never I, got into it. I made a Twitter and then I haven't used it in years because I don't like, use Reddit. I don't. Like I'm, I'm scared of Reddit. Like last, uh, well, she, uh, Claire, the host, she's mostly on Instagram at Days Gone Pod. Okay. But uh, but yeah, I, I don't even remember what her Twitter is. I have it somewhere. I tweeted it to her, so or I tweeted to her, so I wouldn't forget it. But she's like, I haven't used it since like 2016 or something like that, so it's not really important. Okay. And uh, last but not least, Mr. Phelps. I got nothing. No, uh, you can you can follow me at the Real Big Wall everywhere. Uh, I occasionally I, I don't have a schedule, but I occasionally stream on twitch uh mostly Fortnite with i am the rampage and i my my twitter has become mostly Fortnite. me yelling about Fortnite into the cl- clouds noticed. uh basically well it's reached uh, new jersey so i don't right. play Fortnite, but i see your posts and I, and now it, i don't know i'm terrible at it but if if i have time to to, to play with somebody i would love to play with you dude oh absolutely. I, absolutely I still have it on my computer i just haven't played it in so long it's so funny because it's like, you know, I'll go through spurts where I'm like, this is the greatest game. And then, you know, to like uh, lately I've been yelling about how it's either way too easy or way too hard and there's no middle ground. And today me and Rampage were playing and, and we weren't streaming, but we won like five of them. But each game was very, 
like it felt like we were in our own skill level and i'm like well did they fix it did they did they hear me say that i will never spend money on this again and then just start (laughs) doing stuff to it so yeah um but yeah you'll also see all of my other information on i i uh oh i I can't speak the real big wall you'll see all my other information if i have any kind of shows or anything like that that i might be doing I need awesome. to throw one more plug in that I forgot about. Yeah, Sorry. go ahead. Uh, I'm doing another podcast about Days Gone. Uh, the first week of February, I think. Um, check out my uh, Joey Image TV on Twitter, and uh, I'm I'm, ta- I'm linking it on there. And I talked about it on there. I don't even remember. Uh, Jesus, I forget the name of the podcast now because I'm a complete idiot. It's not the Days Gone podcast. It's somebody else that heard that and asked me, "Hey, would you want to be on my show?" Like, I'd love to talk about Days Gone. And then I, and then like I said before, I'm doing another episode of the Days Gone podcast probably in like March. The the Claire, the host, is already booked up until uh, like March, April. So I'm going to try to fit myself in somewhere in between there. But uh, thanks. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, guys. Thank you so end. much for taking the time to do this top five list. This was fun. Thank, Thank you for you. asking me. This was yeah. fun. This, this was, was awesome. really hard to do, but it was fun. Yeah. Thanks again to Jason, Wally, and Joey for coming on the show for that awesome discussion on top five movie sequels. Now we're going to move into the listener list that you guys submitted on the Feature Presentation Podcast Facebook page. And if you want to submit your list as well, anytime I do one of these top fives, just head over to facebook.com slash featurepresspod. And I do apologize for not including this in the segment with Jason, Wally, and Joey, we did run a bit short on time, or I ran a bit short on time, because I had to appear on another podcast uh, shortly after we finished recording. So, did run out of time, I do apologize for that, but we're back here to read off you, the listeners list, for top five movie sequels, and we're going to kick things off with Mr. Jacob Craig, co-host of the Open Micers podcast. Number five, Spider-Man No Way Home with recency bias. I can't dispute that at all. Four, Avengers Endgame. Three, The Empire Strikes Back. Two, Rocky IV. You heard the in-depth discussion we had for Rocky IV earlier. And number one surprising pick, Men in Black 2, which I was not expecting at all, but I actually like Men in Black 2. I know it doesn't get as much credit as the first one. But it's a fun movie nonetheless, so I've got no issue with that. Josh Shinnewerk, number five, Scream 2. Four, Godfather 2. I do have a confession to make. I've never seen any of the Godfather movies. I know I really need to change that. I've heard 2 is great. I'm sure it's more than worthy of being on this list, but I've never seen them. Three, Aliens. Two, Terminator 2, Judgment Day. And number one, Spider-Man 2. And for the longest time... This was my favorite Spider-Man movie until No Way Home came out, but no issue with Spider-Man 2 being number one. That's one of my favorite movies of all time. Steve Wise, Aliens, Terminator 2, these aren't numbered. I'm I'm assuming this is 5 to 1, so let me start over. Steve Wise, number 5, Star Trek 2, The Wrath of Khan. 4, The Dark Knight. 3, The Empire Strikes Back. Two, Terminator 2, Judgment Day, and number one, Aliens. Jonathan McIntosh, number five, Star Trek 2, The Wrath of Khan. Four, Spider-Man 2 slash No Way Home, so that's a tie. Three, Back to the Future 2. Two, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. 
And number one, The Empire Strikes Back. And his honorable mentions are Captain America, The Winter Soldier, Hannibal, and Godfather 2. Wade Vatican, honorable mentions, Empire Strikes Back and Rocky 2. Number five, Aliens. Four, Return of the Jedi. Number three, Rocky 3. He says, I pity him. Two, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, Junior. And number one, T2, Judgment Day. And he notes, hasta la vista, baby. Tyler Watson, number five, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Four, T2, Judgment Day. Three, Avengers Endgame. Two, Empire Strikes Back. And number one, Spider-Man No Way Home. His honorable mentions, Spider-Man 2, Back to the Future Part 2, TMNT 2, that being Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and Thor Ragnarok. Nick Smith, Empire Strikes Back, Aliens, T2, Terminator 2, Nightmare on Elm Street 4, and Dawn of the Dead. Carlos Longoria, a.k.a. I Am The Rampage, over on the Nerd Cave Retro Podcast. His honorable mentions, Star Wars The Last Jedi, Spider-Man 2, Logan, Rocky 3 and 4, Evil Dead 2, and Aliens. Number 5, Kill Bill Volume 2, 4, Back to the Future Part 2, 3, Spider-Man No Way Home, 2, Avengers Endgame, and number 1, T2, Judgment Day. Chris Davis, number 5, The Bourne Ultimatum. People don't really talk about the Jason Bourne movies anymore, and I I actually really liked that trilogy, and I didn't entirely hate the new Jason Bourne that came out a couple of years ago. It was, that movie I felt was very safe, but I was happy to see Matt Damon back in that role. I like the Bourne Ultimatum. I like all three of those movies, personally. Number four, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Three, Aliens. Two, Return of the Jedi, and number one, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Honorable mention for sequel done before a first film to be shown, Raise the Titanic, 1980 to Cameron's Titanic. He says, sorry, I couldn't help that one. And last but not least, my queen, Samantha Owens. Her honorable mention is Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest. And in no particular order, Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Thor Ragnarok, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, Spider-Man No Way Home, and Avengers Endgame. Thank you again to Jason, Wally, and Joey for taking the time to join me in discussing our top five movie sequels, and we'll definitely have the three of them on an episode of the Derek Diamond Experience once the show returns from summer break. As you guessed, next week we're going to be continuing our look back at feature presentation with my conversation with actress Naomi Grossman. Most fans will recognize her as Pepper from seasons two and four of American Horror Story. And I got to be honest, as someone who's not well versed in the horror genre, but as a fan of movies and TV in general, it was really fascinating to hear her stories on getting prepped for her role on the show. So hopefully you'll join me in looking back at that fun episode. But until then, you can check out past episodes of the Derek Diamond Experience at linktree.com slash ddiamondpodcast. You can find anything related to the show in one location. If you want to follow the show on social media, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Everything is at linktree.com slash ddiamondpodcast. And if you could, please leave a review. The more reviews I get, the more likely the show is to be discovered by anyone searching for filmmaking podcasts or podcasts about movies in general. 
It just takes a minute of your time and doesn't cost anything and is arguably the most helpful thing that you can do to any aspiring or veteran podcaster. And I believe that's going to do it for this episode. So enjoy the rest of your week and we'll see you guys back here next Monday for another awesome edition of the Derek Diamond Experience Podcast. Podcast.